You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word that it is alive, living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. As we look at it this morning, Lord, we pray that we will be fed in mind, in heart and in soul. And I pray that we would hear your Holy Spirit speak to us in the reality of our lived lives today, Lord. Move here, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. We take our seats, guys. I'm going to plow in. Quick question for you. Are you on his shoulders today? Are you one of the sheep of God's flock? Are you on his shoulders today? Are you knowing his care today? I want to talk about his shoulders today. Uh, But I want to also look a little bit at a scripture that we're very familiar with from Christmas because it's that time of the year again when we can talk about Christmas scriptures. But I want to look at a scripture that we relate to Christmas but that the Jews would certainly never have related to Christmas. There's certainly not Christmas as we understood it. When I was speaking on the Sunday before last, I was talking about how Jesus didn't really meet the expectations of all the people that were around him because they had a certain idea of what Jesus would be like. And yet we know from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. We know from reading the New Testament that Jesus was the Messiah. He was, if you will, the one that in scriptures is referred to as the long expected one. He was the one that the world was waiting for and we have sung and rejoiced about his goodness in our lives, haven't we? Amen. He was the one that was long expected. In fact, we know that he was the long expected one because this is recorded in Matthew's gospel from the angel's visitation to Mary to tell her that she would give birth to Jesus. This is what he said to her. He said, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. That's what she said. That's what the angel said to Mary when he appeared to her to bring her this news that she was to bear the son. You're familiar with that scripture. I'm familiar with that scripture. I'm very familiar with the story. But part of this passage here is a reference to events that happened a long time earlier. This passage is actually quoting from the prophets who wrote many, many, many years before the coming of Jesus himself. In fact, to look at this story in its proper understanding, to see it in its proper context, you have to go back 700 years. 700 years to the time when Isaiah was the prophet in Judah. He was the prophet to the kings and to the people in Judah. And as he writes these words, he has in his head an idea of what God is saying about this coming Messiah. Now when we look at these words, they were written 700 years ago. So if you were to transport from Isaiah's time to Jesus' time, it would be the equivalent of us hearing these words in the year 1321, which feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? Or if they were prophesied now, they would be fulfilled in the year 2721. That feels like a long time in the future, doesn't it? Now Isaiah didn't know what the period of time was, but he knew this. That his country, his nation, his people, the world as they knew it was in crisis. It was in crisis. Because they were being invaded from the north by the Assyrians. A guy called Tiglath-Pileser was about to come in and invade the northern territories. And in fact he did during the period of Isaiah's prophecy. 
And as we read this, the context is a crisis, an international crisis. Does that feel familiar at all? At the moment, we're living through the biggest crisis that either we, our grandparents, or even our great-grandparents ever knew. It's the biggest crisis that has ever occurred internationally. And hopefully, by God's grace, and the signs are all good, that it's going to be over soon. Will anyone say hallelujah? It's going to be over soon, by God's grace. And so, the context here is, just before this, I know you're kind of going, Oh, Michael, please, it's St. Stephen's Day. I'm trying to digest it to this Christmas dinner. Bear with me. The context here is this international crisis. The people are about to be invaded from the north. And then Isaiah brings a word of promise from God. And this is what he says. May God bless us again as we read his word. This is what he says. Nevertheless, I love it when God says nevertheless. There's trouble brewing everywhere, but nevertheless. There's trouble in your life, in your finances, nevertheless. There's trouble in your relationships, nevertheless. There's trouble in the economy, nevertheless. There will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he hung the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by way of the sea beyond the Jordan. When we look at these scriptures from our current context, we realize this. The first countries to get into serious trouble, the first territories, the first tribes to get into serious trouble were Naphtali and Zebulun. They were the first two tribes to be invaded by the invading uh, empire of the Assyrians. And hallelujah, they're also the first tribes to see the light of Jesus coming. Because it's in Galilee that the light begins to shine. Are you with me? Yeah. But I want you to listen to the following verses. I'm going to follow you through them very quickly. But I want you to pay attention to the tone. And I'll make a point about the tone in a second. To the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deepest darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when they divide the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for fire. Hallelujah. You see, if you were a Jew, I want you to pay attention to the language. The language here is the language of war, of conquest, of fighting, of swords, of the rod of the oppressor, of, of the, the breaking of oppression. It talks about blood and war weapons being burned. So if you were a Jew expecting the Messiah, this is what you were expecting. There was going to be war. The rod of the oppressor was going to be broken. The yoke on your back was going to be broken. That's what you were expecting if you were a Jew. What they didn't expect was how this would be fulfilled. They expected that it would happen in a nationalistic, governmental, territorial way. There would be a thunderclap and the Messiah would come. And that's what they thought was about to happen. And they thought that the Messiah was going to come and bring this reign when their enemies would be shattered and broken and defeated forever and their weapons would be burned. But that is exactly what God had planned to do in every one of our lives. In every one of our lives. This is exactly what God had planned to do. He still wants to break the rod and the yoke of the oppressor off your back. He still wants to burn your enemy's armor. He still wants to overthrow those who oppress you. He still wants to enlarge your nation. He still wants to increase your joy. Amen. 
Hallelujah. But they didn't see it in that way. They didn't see Jesus as being the person who could fulfill it. And then we get to the biblical part, or we get to the part that we all go, ah, that's the message that we love. Because we get to verse 6 of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah didn't write number 6, by the way, just for the record. It was put in afterwards, but there we go. So here we get to the part that we're most familiar with, and the part that, if you will, that we celebrate here at this time of the year. Look at what it says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Amen. That's who they were expecting, and that is who Jesus is. That is who they were expecting. But when he came, that's not what they called him. When he came, they didn't call him Wonderful Counselor. They didn't call him Mighty God. They didn't call him Everlasting Father. They didn't call him Prince of Peace. And do you know why they didn't call him those things? Because they were not under his government. Who are the people who call Jesus the Wonderful Counselor? Are you some of the people who call Jesus the Wonderful Counselor? Are you some of the people who call him the Mighty God? Are you some of the people who call him the Everlasting Father? Call him the Prince of Peace. So, when it says, and he will be called, the question is asked, it's a simple question, who will call him these things? Who will call him Wonderful Counselor? Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The people who are under his government. If you got a taxi to church this morning, and you asked the taxi driver, is Jesus the wonderful counsel, the mighty God, the everlasting Prince, everlasting Father, the Prince of Prince, Prince of Peace? You better go, sure, whatever you think yourself, boy. It's in Cork, everybody agrees in Cork. Yeah, 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 that's what he is, all right. But if in truth you were to ask him, he doesn't know what, what are you talking about? What, what? It's only the people who are under his government. Now what does that mean? Surely his government is going to have a, like a palace and a throne. And it's going to have a territory. And like it's those who are under the governing. Up to this point they were governed by the kings of Judah. And they were about to be governed by the kings of Assyria. It's only the people who are under his government know that he is a wonderful counselor. It wasn't until I became a Christian, until I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that I recognized that he was a wonderful counselor. That his word brings life. His counsel brings me life. His counsel is sweet and it is good. His words are wonderful. It wasn't until I became a Christian that I recognized that he was the mighty God. You see, if you're not under the, his government, then you will never recognize him as the mighty God. And the people who are not under his government recognize him not as the mighty God, but they think that everything that was made and everything that has come into being has come in by accident or by some uh, astrological event or by some, some scientific trick of, the, trick of the rules. And that's how everything came into being. Unless you were under his government, then you realize that he truly is the mighty God. It's only until you are under his government that you recognize that he is the everlasting Father. He is the one who provides 
and protects you. Will anyone say amen? amen? If you are not under his government this morning, you will not know what it is to have an everlasting father. The one that we can trust, the one that Jesus told us to pray to as father. Until you know his government, you will not know his father. And above all else, until you know his government, you will never know his peace. It's only those who know him, know his peace. I've often, people have often asked me to pray for them, that they would have peace. And I ask them, do you have peace with God? Because if you don't have peace with God, you cannot have peace from God. It's that simple. It's only until you know him, until he is in your life, until you've installed him as your savior and as your Lord, that you can really know his peace. Are you with me? There will never be peace. Brothers and sisters, no matter how many peace movements are started, C&D and stop the war and all that, there will never be peace until there is his government. Until he rules and reigns in the world, there will be no peace. And that's simply, that's just the case. And it was the same when Isaiah was prophesying this. He was prophesying a period of time when the Messiah would come, overthrow their enemies, and they would have peace because there would be justice in the land. But they were expecting a global arrival of the kingdom. Someone, someone governs your life. Someone or something governs your life. I hope it is the Lord. And you know, like all of us, there are times when we know that the Lord is truly governing our lives. And there's times when we just take matters into our own hands, don't we? There's times like that. But somebody governs everybody's life. I've got to quote the old Bob Dylan song. You've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. You've got to serve someone, brothers and sisters. You might as well serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. But somebody is governing in your life. Can I ask you this morning, who is governing in your life? Who is governing in your situation today? Are you governing yourself? Are habits governing your life? Are mistakes governing your life? Is your desires governing your life? Is what you want governing your life? Or is Jesus governing your life? Jesus, when he came, knew all about government because he was and would be the king of kings. He knew all about government and yet he broke it down into such simple terms for us as we read the scriptures. And we look at Matthew's gospel. And in Matthew's gospel, these are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus knew what it was like to have the yoke of the oppressor over the shoulders of the people. When we talk about a yoke, what are you talking about? The fried egg you had this morning? No. A yoke bound animals together so that they could be controlled to plow a field. That's what a yoke was. A yoke could also be used for carrying water. But what it always symbolized was this governing. Who rules you? Who runs your life? That's, what it under, that's how you should understand yoke. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's saying, let me govern your life. Let me be in control in your life because my yoke is easy. My burden is light compared to your own burdens and the burdens that you bear all the time in your life. And sometimes we bear two heavy burdens that God never designed us to carry. 
Would anyone say amen? Have you ever had that experience that you realize you're carrying too much and the yoke of expectation is on your shoulders? Or the yoke of your desires is on your shoulder? Or the yoke of conflict is on your shoulders and something is governing your life and you know that it isn't Jesus? It's circumstances. It can be the coronavirus. Something is on your shoulders and it's taking the place of Jesus' yoke in your life. To be yoked means to be governed. That's what it means. Now I've heard loads of different versions of what Jesus' yoke means. It means his teaching. It means this. It means his love. It means his spirit. It means this is what it means. It means who is in control in your life. That's the yoke. There's a great uh, American, he's passed away now, a great American Christian writer. He had fabulous quotes. He said, the yoke you wear determines the burden you bear. Whatever the yoke you wear, that determines the burden that you bear. If you bear Jesus' yoke, your burden is light, because he said it was. Amen? Amen. If you bear Jesus' yoke, then your burden is light. But the yoke you wear determines the burden you bear. Whoever is governing your life will either add or take away from the burdens in your life. It's that simple. Whoever is in government is the one who dictates the terms and situations of your life. A very simple example is this. The Irish government are in control in Ireland and they're able to add restrictions. Let's take a very current example. They're able to add restrictions and take restrictions. They're able to add burdens to our life and take burdens away. They're able to up our taxes and add a financial burden. Or they're able to cut the taxes and set us free. Would anyone say amen? We could do with some of that. The yoke that you wear determines the burden that you bear. Now here's the question I want to say to you, or here's something I want to ask you, I want you to think about this carefully. The thing about burdens is this, they don't dance in your front door saying, hey I want to be on your back. Burdens don't say, here I'm a burden, bear me. They don't. You know what they do? They kind of sneak up on you, don't they? And you wake up one morning and you go, why is that on my mind? And things begin to build in our lives. And slowly but surely, sometimes in, in loud and obvious ways, somebody puts something on us and it's a burden that we have to bear and that's it. And in other ways, sneaky things begin to sneak in and climb up on our back. And before we know, we're carrying things that we should never carry. Are you with me? Yeah. Like, you, like the things that you think that you... They begin to tell you that you're responsible for them and you're not responsible for them at all. And slowly but surely, we begin to get a bit of a hunched back. And you go into work one morning and somebody says, Michael, what happened to you? You say, nothing. What, 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 what's wrong with me? They say, you're hunched over. Am I? I never noticed that before. <laughs> the burden, the yoke you wear, determines the burden you bear. And you know, here, here's something interesting. I think when you come to Christmas and you come to the new year, sneaky things begin to happen in your soul and sneaky things begin to happen on your back. Hopes and desires and dreams and plans that were not fulfilled in 2021 begin to get thrown onto the shoulders for 2022. And all the things we prayed for in 2021 that weren't answered suddenly become the purposes of prayer in 2021. 22. And we come to this time of the year, and I know this because I was praying, because I, I, I'm like you. I was praying just yesterday, in fact. I was praying, I pray every day, but I was praying yesterday. I was praying yesterday and I realized 
There's so many prayers that I brought into 2021 that remain, as far as I can see, unanswered. It doesn't mean that God hasn't heard them. It doesn't mean that God's not at work. But as far as I can see, those prayers are unanswered. And I feel them on my shoulders. I feel the weight of disappointed expectations on my shoulders. And I begin to carry more burden. And you know the devil then comes into it and says, do you know why that's not happening in your life? Because you're not a very nice person. Because the Lord is trying to sort you out. Why? But the Lord's not trying to sort me out. He's trying to fix me. Hallelujah. Amen. He's trying to fix you. Would anyone say amen? amen? He's trying to do what is best for us in our lives. But at this time of the year, I personally feel, we, why, do we, why do we do New Year's resolutions? To correct the failures of the last year. That's why we do them. I'm going to run every day. No, you're not. I'm going to lose four stone. No, you're not. I'm going to become a millionaire. No, you're not. Don't do it to yourself. Don't add to your burdens. As the year clicks over, don't let the yoke you wear be too heavy for you. Take Jesus' yoke. What a great way to enter a new year and say, Lord, I'm not going to put up any other resolution than this. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life. Wouldn't that be a good resolution for 2021, 22? See, I'm already back there. Brain fog. Wouldn't that be a good prayer? Wouldn't it be nice to go in lightweight into 2022 instead of weighed down with all the weight of the disappointed expectations and the prayers that weren't answered and the situations that weren't resolved and the career move that never happened and the financial breakthrough that never seemed to show up or the landlord that seemed to up the rent instead of downing the rent? Wouldn't it be great to go in lightweight and say, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. I know that some of you here, I know many of you here today, have come in this morning bearing burdens that you were never supposed to bear. This is what Peter wrote to the early Christians. I love. He wrote this to the early Christians. He said, sorry, forgive me. I went too far. I went too far. Because I'm looking at that telly and this telly. See brain fog. It's coming up on me. Let me ask you a simple question. I already asked you, you saw it. What yoke are you wearing today? What yoke... Are you wearing today? What is governing in your life? Is it faults and failures or expectations? Or is it Jesus? Is it the Holy Spirit that's governing in your life today? Let me ask you a very important question. And this is a question I really want to get to. I really, really want to get to this. What is on your shoulders? And you're not going to work for me, are you? Oh, lads, it's not going to come up for me, is it? Have I made a mistake? I have. Okay, that's great. That's okay, isn't it? That's okay too. Let me ask you the question so then, just look at my face. What is on your shoulders that should be on his shoulders today? What is on your shoulders that should be on his shoulders? What is on your shoulders that should be on his shoulders. Are you bearing a burden too heavy today? We're going to lay that burden down here today in a few minutes. Will anyone say amen? amen. amen. We're going to declare God's government in our lives again. Amen. And say our future depends upon him. Amen. The fulfillment of our prayers and hopes and dreams doesn't depend on us. It depends on him. 
this is what Peter wrote to the early Christians. He said, give all your worries and cares to God. Why? Because he cares about you. Take them off your shoulders and put them on his shoulders. He has the shoulders that can bear it. You don't. I love the way it's translated in the ESV. It's the older one. Cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties and cares on him. Because he cares for you. Could I ask the band to come up? Lads, will you come up and play? We're going to sing the song, We Have a Savior, in just a few seconds. We're going to invite you. Just stand with me for a second. We're going to pray. What's on your shoulders that should be on his shoulders? As we turn the year, and you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, and Tom's going to be bringing a New Year's message next week, but you know, it's this kind of funny time of the year, and we're looking at it, and we're beginning to think, what are we going to do next year? What's on your shoulders today that should be on his shoulders? What care is on you that you need to cast onto him? I have a list. <laughs> I wrote a list. I'm not going to read the list, but I wrote a list. What are the cares that are on my shoulders that should be on his shoulders? Because you know what? The government is on his shoulders. He governs and he rules. Can we close our eyes just for a moment? If you're here this morning and you want to say, Lord, I recognize that I'm carrying burdens that I was never intended to carry. I feel the things, I know the things on my shoulders that should be on your shoulders. And I want to hand them here today over back to your shoulders, Lord. I want to pass these burdens away from my shoulders to your shoulders today. If that's your prayer today, will you raise your hand? Can I invite you to raise the other one with it? Mine are raised. I've just got one by me, Mike. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus Christ we ask you to be in the government in our lives would anyone say amen? amen Lord today Lord again we declare that we have borne a yoke we have put things in government in our lives and in our minds and our souls that should not be in government Lord and today we recognize that there are burdens on our backs and on our shoulders that should not be on our backs and on our shoulders and today Lord we realize that they should be on your shoulders Lord Jesus I pray today Lord Jesus Christ for those who are concerned about salvation or breakthroughs Lord for their career or relationship Lord people who are looking at another year clocking by without finding the one person in their life that they can share their lives with Lord or people who are looking at another year clocking by and haven't been able to buy a home or find a really good decent job that they can feed their family and look after them with Lord or another year clocking by when they don't feel that they're walking with God the way that they should walk with God, Lord. All of these burdens are human burdens, but they're also your burdens. We pass them over to you today in Jesus' name. Today, Lord, we declare that because of you and what you are doing in our lives, Lord Jesus, because we declare today that your government is in control in our lives, then the promises of Isaiah chapter 9 will be ours. Hear this, brothers and sisters. That the promises of Isaiah chapter 9, for some of you here, it means that the Lord is going to enlarge your nation. That may be your home, it may be your influence, it may be your family, but the Lord is going to enlarge your nation. 
For some, the promise will be that God is going to increase your joy. You've been carrying sadness and heaviness around in your heart and your soul. But the promise is that the Messiah will increase your joy. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord would say. That because you have made me and put me in government in your life, I am going to break the yoke of the oppressor in your life. Today we declare that the work of the devil is broken because of the work of Jesus. Today we declare that the yoke of the enemy is smashed because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. Today we declare we live in the light of the Messiah and not in the light of our current situation. Today we declare we live in the light of the promises of God and not the pessimism of our own hearts and minds. And finally, we walk in the promise. And this is what the Lord said to his people. You will burn the armor of your enemies. You will heap up the enemy's armor in your life and you will burn it. You will see it go up in flames where the enemy has been fashioning a sword against you, where the enemy has been coming against you. You will see the enemy's armor being burned by the Messiah. Would anyone say amen? Lord, we walk, accept. We're greedy for these promises, Lord. But we know today, Lord, that we want to leave here above all else with a greater vision of you and less of a burden on our shoulders and a greater burden on yours. Lord, would you bless us as we look to you today, this week, this turning of the year, Lord. We give it over to you. We cast all our cares on you because you care for us. We cast all our cares on you because you care for us. Lord, be with us and watch over us as we go our way into today and into tomorrow and into the coming week and the new year, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, we would know you in a greater and greater way, Lord. We would know your, your word says the increase of your government and peace there will be no end, Lord. Let your government and your peace increase in our lives, in our homes, in our workplaces, and in our relationships, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people say, Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to sing. We're going to sing because we've got about three minutes left. Praise God. We've got about three minutes left and we're going to sing the song, We Have a Savior. And the reason we're going to sing it is because it's a fabulous song and I encourage you. Lift up your voice. Let's declare the goodness and the great news that has broken out in our lives.
Lord Jesus, thank you for your reality in our lives. Would anyone say amen? amen? Lord, we thank you that we have hope, we have life, we have light breaking out all over our lives. We pray, Lord, that your blessing would go with us, your protection, your provision, and your presence would be evident in our lives every day and every way this week. We pray in Jesus' name. And God's people said a final. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. God bless you. And go with you and watch over you.